0: Welcome to the Sourcing Hero Podcast produced by Una, a group purchasing organization that empowers sourcing heroes and Art of Procurement, the world's largest procurement podcast network. I'm your host, Kelly Barner. The goal of the Sourcing Hero Podcast is to capture the epic stories of people who are rising up and beating the odds to create exceptional value within procurement directly from those heroes themselves. Today, my guest here on the Sourcing Hero podcast is Chris Lance. Chris is a senior director at Una, a group purchasing organization that gives the Sourcing Hero its home. Chris joins me every month to tackle a current news story or topic of interest from his own point of view. And if you can't hear it in my voice, I'm already trying to hold back a laugh because I know what we're talking about today. So without further ado, hi, Chris. Welcome back.
1: Hey Kelly, happy to be here. How are you doing?
0: I am doing just fine. I, I feel like we need to let everybody in on this one because I know how much fun we're yeah. going to have over the next 20 or so minutes. Yeah. So let's sort of dive right in. Mm-hmm. One of the most fascinating people alive today, in my opinion, is Elon Musk. Yeah. So he runs Tesla, he founded SpaceX, now he owns Twitter. He is ex- as eccentric as he is wealthy, which makes for an interesting combination. Mm -hmm. But he's not done getting involved with different kinds of businesses. Another one of his tech startups is Neuralink. And they recently received FDA approval to start implanting chips into human brains. (laughs) So... Now, the, the real use case for this is very serious business, right? It's yeah. the idea that people who have paralysis might be able to control devices almost using like Bluetooth. That's my sort of rudimentary understanding of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to, to control devices, potentially to communicate, sort of a, a Stephen Hawking-esque type of, type of idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's generalize this. So right off the top, when I mention the idea of implanting chips into brains, what comes to mind?
1: Uh, Pun fully intended. <laughs> so uh, first thing that comes to mind is that uh, the movie The Matrix. So like, remember Ooh. remember, when he's sitting in that chair and they download all that information to him and he wakes up, if you will, I guess, and goes, I know Kung Fu. And I just like, <laughs> ever since I saw it, I was like, can you imagine how awesome it would be to just download knowledge Now, (laughs) that said, the very next thought that comes to mind almost before that one's even finished is, but yet everybody can download information. (laughs) So knowledge (laughs) is power. Like, do we really want everyone to be a nuclear physicist in their backyard? You know, so I I don't know, it's a slippery slope, but it's definitely mind blowing to think like how far we've even come from a technology standpoint.
0: Absolutely. And yet, this is an absolutely true story. I, you know, we, we use a platform to record the podcast, you know, there's, there's not much from a visual perspective, but literally just as you and I start to record, there's this big, huge software update box in the middle of my screen that (laughs) my Mac has chosen now as the time that it wants to update software. You just know, like (laughs) As yeah. cool as waking up and knowing kung fu sounds, that's the dream. You know the reality is going to be like a human blue screen of death, right? That's just <laughs> right. that's just how this would end up working out. Yep. Um, Musk in the past has talked about this device and the functionality as being like a Fitbit for your brain. Hmm. So we've already talked about kung fu. <laughs> What kind of functionality or capability would it take, potentially in addition to kung fu, to convince you to let Elon Musk put a chip in your head?
1: As cool as knowing like all the kung fu in the world, like I, there's not that wouldn't even sway me, right? (laughs) So, uh, to date, I actually still don't even have a Fitbit or a smartwatch. I'm I'm still rocking this. This old school G Shock watch and I use a a pen and pad to track my own like performance notes and gains and things like that. And so I man, I don't know what it would even take for me to say, sure, sign me up. Um, and and the reason for that is like I I've just I I see what happens with data. I've seen too much. Yes. I've seen, I've seen how unsafe it is. I see how it can be used. Now don't get me wrong. It's, it's, again, it's not because, you know, I'm that interesting of a person where I believe full governments are watching Chris Lance. Like that's, (laughs) that's not the case. It's, it's more so out of principle. Like I I guard what's mine. And the reality is a lot of these types of devices, um, they're actually like the gateway to all these HIPAA data breaches. Um, Look at the terms and conditions as simple as Instagram or the new, the new thread. Right. So I think people tend to forget that all these things talk to each other. So I man, I don't know. It I don't I can't even think of something enticing enough <laughs> that I would want to sign up. I just I can't. No.
0: Well, let's think about process then. So we've already got sort of like the the nerves and I'm I'm right with you. Yeah. My attitude on things is like, maybe, but I'm not going first. That's right. sort of my <laughs> attitude with really? with new stuff. I'm right. going to see how this works out for all you guys and then I'll think about if that makes sense for me. Right. But in addition to already being pretty sci-fi. The plan is for the chips to be implanted by robot surgeons. So first question, does robot surgeon implanting the chip in your brain make you feel better or worse than human surgeon implanting a chip in your brain? Jeez.
1: I mean, well, <laughs> I kind of I kind of look at it as a moot point. I mean, so human error is very real, but like we were just talking about, <laughs> technology is great when it works. And so when was the last time you had a, a Zoom or a Webex glitch? Or when did your Mac need to restart right then? Like imagine you get a blue screen while you're driving down the road. Oh, no. <laughs> I, so I just can't imagine going through some type of a surgery like that. So whether it's a person or a device performing the procedure, that doesn't necessarily impact my my true personal interest there. Yeah.
0: Well, the interesting thing is, especially if we think about Musk's other businesses, mm-hmm. you figure Tesla, SpaceX, even his approach to making cars and space transportation is very innovative. Mm. But you can't truly innovate unless you have a very high risk tolerance level. And that, of course, completely changes when you start to talk about human beings. Mm -hmm. And I know there's been a lot of discussion about whether or not it's appropriate to even test these chips and the surgery processes on animals. Um, You know, when, when we think about, maybe we'll bring this back down to earth, you know, when we think about our individual risk tolerance levels for any specific decision, it's almost where you can say, okay, if I were, well, let's use the example of like clinical trials, mm-hmm. right?
1: Mm-hmm. A
0: lot of us have had family members who sadly, because of some condition or illness, know that they have a, a relatively short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so they say, you know what? Let's see what the clinical trial does. Let's potentially benefit other people who might have the same condition in the future. Mm-hmm but completely different approach to figure out risk tolerance when we're talking about you know, robotic surgeons and, and chips and brains, right? How would you even approach figuring out what your risk tolerance would be around that?
1: Oof. Let me think on that one for a second. Uh, while I do, real quick, I can't believe I didn't bring this up sooner sooner in. Um, for those who enjoy, enjoy dark films or Uh, Even this specific topic, check out – and Kelly, if you haven't seen this, check out on Netflix. It's called Black Mirror. There's a specific episode called Playtest, and I'll just leave that there, but it is wild. The whole concept of Black Mirror is taking technology or where society is today and then fast-forwarding maybe 15 years in a worst-case scenario. Ooh, pretty wild, yeah. Interesting. So def- definitely check that one out. But so it um, does
0: give me an opportunity to use one of my favorite words in the English language. What's that? Dystopian. Yeah. I mean, does uh. it get any better? <laughs> Dyst- I'm guessing based on this idea of Black Mirror that whatever number of years in the future it is that dystopian is a term that applies.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's. Um, I believe the name Black Mirror is the concept was holding a mirror up to society Mm -hmm. and what it, what's the worst that could happen. And it is, there's all different types of, of of themes and things. So definitely, definitely check that out. Um, now back to your question on like, what should that risk tolerance be? Um, I think it has to come down to to the individual, kind of like what you were saying on clinical trials, right? Like everybody's going to have a different response, different, uh, Get risk versus reward, I think yeah. is probably the best way to say it. Um, I would argue there's going to have to be some sort of waiver of some sort. Um, I, I would think it would be similar to the waiver that the Titan passenger signed. I, sorry if that's too soon. But I mean, the the fact <laughs> is, if something goes wrong, we're probably talking about a brain injury, a personality disorder, death. So I don't know, you know, what what is that margin of error that you can place on this I think it has to come down to what that test subject or person would be willing willing to do.
0: Yeah, and there are always people among us that have these unbelievable risk thresholds. I even think of um, hopefully I'm remembering the right movie, but if I am thinking of it correctly, movie Independence Day. Right, where like the aliens come down and they blow up the White House and (laughs) all the the craziness. Um, Will Smith saves the day. Thank you, Will Smith. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure there's a group of people that go out to like meet the aliens in celebration. Hopefully yes. this is the right movie yes. I'm thinking of, but pretty sure it doesn't work out great for <laughs> yes. them. Spoiler yeah. alert. Sorry. If, yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen Independence Day, it's been out for a long time. So uh, yeah, you've point, had a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: So there are people that are just, I mean, as much as I'm like, no, no, you all go first. There are people who mm-hmm. say, I want to be first. There are people that to your point, get in the submersible to try to go to the Titanic and sometimes they end up being trailblazers and very sadly sometimes they end up being among the lost. Mm. So you can see where I think you and I sort of tend on the side of, I, I will admit to having a smartwatch, but I do prefer in a lot of cases analog approaches to things, keeping stuff online. Uh, you couldn't get me to put my biometrics into a device for anything in the world. Right. But there will be people that say, you know, if I had a chip in my head, I wouldn't have to remember where my credit cards are. And I bet you I could hook it up so that as I approached my house, my garage door would just open and the lights in the kitchen would all come on for me. There will be people that are are at that level, which of course opens the door to regulation because yeah. somebody must know better than each of us when it comes to making this decision. <laughs> Is it even possible to find sort of an objective point of view? You know, some people are going to say, nope, I'm going to wait. Other people are going to say, pick me, pick me. And then the government is going to come down somewhere in between and Neuralink is going to have their own point of view. Is it possible to have a removed objective point of view? Help us all figure this sort of thing out.
1: Ooh, is it possible? Yeah. Is it possible? Yes. Yes. Will people listen?
0: Oh, now that's a good question. So I,
1: that's, that's, that's or the or will the regulators listen? That's that's I think the question because you're absolutely right. Like you know, Anthony, our CEO <laughs> and I, we it's, it's not it's kind of a running joke, but the reality is is that he and I, for example, we assess risk just very very differently. Um, like when chat GPT came out, he was like, you gotta try this out. You gotta do this. I'm like, man, I'm not putting anything. I'm not installing that on any of my, like, there's no way I'm not doing that. Um, but he, he ran right into it and you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of value, you know, for organizations that are, that are coming from it. So back to your question though, on the objective point of view, I think regulation's inevitable. So I'm curious to see how that plays out here because again, I, I, To me, regulation is not even really part of the conversation yet. Let's go back to the objective view. I think that should come from the market. And I say the market as in who is interested in being the first to have a chip in the brain while knowing the potential ramifications, who's interested. And I think that objective viewpoint has to come from the people and specifically the people who are going to be the potential test subjects. Mm. Um, Real quick though – where this and I don't mean to go sideways but where where this starts getting interested is who signs up and why. So yes. so so go with me on this but let's say let's say very slight update and the chip is able to have GPS tracking. Well, how many parents are going to want that in their children? Right. There's there's a lot of things going on right now surrounding the youth. So like for example Obviously, with the movie The Sound of Freedom, many, many people are, go- are seeing what's happening and what's yeah. been going on, the role of people, the role of entities, the role of countries. Um, are people going to want their children tripped so they, if they're ever kidnapped, if something ever happens, they can find them? But then what's on the other coin? Is it safe for minds that are still growing and developing? Is it safe, period? I mean, maybe I'm wrong and this automatically does call for regulation right out of the gate <laughs> and I'm sitting here debunking myself, but I think- the objective point of view has to come from the person who's willing to go under the knife, whether that knife's in the hand of a robot or a person. That's what yeah. I'm thinking.
0: No, I think that's a, a great point. And in fact, to your comment about uh, the sound of freedom, mm. you know, there are so many things in the world where we don't necessarily see them or hear about them and then instantly go, supply chain. Now, that movie is one where there is a lot of work that has been done around human trafficking, modern slavery, where supply chain has played an incredibly active role. Mm -hmm. Um, In fact, truckers, many of them have gone through, it's a truckers against trafficking program just to help them spot things that seem amiss at rest stops because Mm. that's where a lot of these things happen. And so it's interesting. I mean, RFID technology that's as old as the hills at this point, right? right? Right. And yet, okay, chips and brains. So, you know, what other questionable products might you put chips in? Do we get to the point where there's a chip that can be put in food for the sake of traceability? I mean, these recalls are unbelievably complicated. Wow. So with any new capability, technology, there's sort of the the personal response, the safety response, the risk response – but it doesn't take too long, and we're starting to think about, okay, so what's the supply chain application,
1: right? Wow. Yeah, great, great point. Because to your point, yeah, we're talking about this as uh, the gateway. The gateway to, yes. is this even possible? And as <laughs> as human beings, what history shows us is that uh, even you know the saying, just because you can doesn't mean you should. That's right. Human beings, somehow, we always do it anyway. So it's... Um, it's more about what's beyond the trials for uh, for people who truly need it. It's what, where is this leading? And to, I loved the point you just made on, can it be for tracking food and, and for recall? And then my my conspiracy theorist self immediately goes to, huh, how does that tie into a digital currency? Mm. You know, uh, and being able to manage the supply, the demand, the the economics of it all. It's just, it's crazy how it all ties together. But
0: Well, it certainly gives us an awful lot to think about. It does. And it's funny because when I had first sort of started mapping out this episode for us, I had not thought to include this. And I was very disappointed with myself Mm -hmm. afterwards because this is such an obvious question to ask you, Chris. Mm -hmm. If people don't happen to know, uh, you have some mixed martial arts experience in your background. Mm -hmm. And because we're talking about Elon Musk... I feel like it would be a total miss as a podcast host if I didn't give you an opportunity to talk about your thoughts on the potential for a fight between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg. So I'm not going to position it any more than that, but I want to give you the floor for a minute and provide the opportunity for you to go on record. Just give us your thoughts about the possibility of that fight.
1: I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> I just don't – I well, I'll say it this way. If it is going to happen, I'm not buying that pay-per-view. I'd rather just go watch a Walmart parking lot fight or something. <laughs> there's, there's no, There's no way – at two billionaires are going to get into the ring now. Two tech creative billionaires may have some sort of an AI component that could generate a fight. That would I have heard this trees. theory.
0: You are not alone in yeah. thinking this.
1: Yeah, there's. I don't. I don't see that happening now. I'd be more than willing to hop in a cage with either one of them if they want to go a couple rounds. But no, <laughs> but but no, I don't. I don't think the. I think it's a war of words, and I think. Um, clicks and streams or what sells, I think they know what they're doing.
0: Oh, and can I just say to me, the hero in this whole scenario is Sorry. Elon Musk's mom. Oh, How no. funny was she? She was like, yeah, no, 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 boys, you are not doing this. I <laughs> loved her for that. She was like, every mom in the universe, she spoke for all of us in yes. that moment. Yes. Um. Yep. So. You and I always cover a, a lot of ground on very different topics when we have these conversations, but we always also like to find a way to tie it back to, if I can almost say the the core values and mission of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Mm-hmm. We've talked about certainly heroism at times, we've talked about mission at times, we've talked about empathy and compassion. And the thing that I want to ask you about today is courage. Mm. Uh, Progress is scary. It takes courage to make that progress and to take risks. Can we make progress as a society while still allowing people to choose whether they want to opt in or whether they want to stay out? So can we have... Do we have a culture that will allow us to have sort of the explorers of the past, a, mm. a shackleton, right? Somebody that that takes on this unbelievable risk where it may or may not go well, uh, but, but progress in some ways doesn't happen without them. Do you think we have those people in our midst still with the courage and the vision, or have we gotten to a place of you know, liability and safety and and apathy to where we don't have people that are necessarily willing to take those risks?
1: So so that's a really good question, especially in light of uh, very recent, very strong opinions <laughs> that are differing across a lot of very different segments, but mainly what I'm pointing to is healthcare. Um and so my my knee jerk reaction is heck yeah baby it's america. We have you know, freedom freedom to keep doing what you've been doing or freedom to try something new. It's it's all up to you. But all patriotic pride aside, in, in my opinion, the answer is still yes because even on a global level, you can look at the massive amounts of uh, disparities across regions and yeah. countries and there's still imports, exports, trade across countries. So yes, society can continue to move forward without being contingent on others. But I will say, as things continue to move faster and faster and faster, those external forces or those changes or those who are courageous enough to just jump right in and move forward, you, we, i saying myself maybe, right, run the risk of being left behind. True. Um, but I think at the end of the day, that should always come down to a personal choice and allowing people to find a way. I mean, I think that allowing others to opt out and forge their own path, that actually creates other opportunities um, versus, nope, this is what we're doing. Everybody has to do it. Um, so I, is it possible? Absolutely. I think, though, what what we've seen at least recently, though, is those who are maybe more courageous to move forward on things, There's there seems to be a growing resentment um for those who are like no I'm I'm good and I just want to be left alone so mm. as things again as things continue to speed up I'll be really interested to see if that starts to shift or if people really dig their heels in and say I'm not participating it'll be interesting
0: yeah no I agree with you this is going to be something to watch right um Chris, I had super high expectations for this conversation, and I think we met every single one of them. I knew it was going to be fun, but we always find something really insightful. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, I I always offer ways for, for people to get in touch. I will say, if this is your very first time meeting Chris and I, look down in the show notes. There are a whole set of lists down there you won't believe the range of things that we've covered. So whether this one, you know, you agree with us, you disagree with us, you're shocked that this was our choice of focus, you're going to be even more shocked when you look at the other things that we've talked about. Um, Mm -hmm. So Chris, if people have found us through this conversation and are just meeting you now, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you or to learn more about Una?
1: So to learn about Una, you can go to Una, so U-N-A.com. Um, and then if you're like, well, I'm only visiting that to see Chris's face. If you go to the <laughs> about us section, you can go down and, and click on that and you can you can get in touch with me there. Um, I am also on LinkedIn. That's Chris with a K, K-R-I-S, Chris Lance. There's I don't think there's very many on LinkedIn, so you should be able to find me that way too.
0: Awesome, Chris. Well, I'll see you again next month.
1: Sounds good, Kelly. Take care.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sourcing Hero podcast. Join us again next time for more true stories of sourcing and business heroism performed by your colleagues and peers. Look for the Sourcing Hero wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. Finally, don't forget, Sourcing Heroism is taking place all around us every day. Keep your eyes open and you're bound to see it. Until next time, I'm your host, Kelly Barner. Stay well, and always remember that you can be a hero, too.